The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to Bay Takes Podcast. My name is Mikey. And my name is Gus. And today we're going to be talking about the All-NBA teams. This might be the craziest year yet. Uh, for all NBA teams, this is crazy. There's seems like there's like a million players that could be on any of the top three teams, um, and there's definitely some debates about positional uh, orientations because a lot of people think they're too strict. I am one of those people. I think Mikey is one of those people, but it should be super interesting. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be snubbed off this list, so don't get mad when we don't mention your favorite player. We don't hate him. We just think that there's a lot of guys that uh, should be on this list, and we hope that you guys disagree with us because that's why we love sports so much so if you do disagree go to our twitter we'll post a thread and you can argue with us there but you want to start it off with your team well first let's go into honorable mentions because i feel like these guys really need to be talked about because they are not going to be on any of our teams and you guys are going to think we're crazy first one is donovan mitchell the utah jazz guard crazy to think he is not going to be on either of our all nba teams uh this year which is He's averaging almost 26 points per game, and that is just an explanation of just how good uh, this year's NBA has been in terms of the top-level talent. Yeah, considering Even, yeah, considering that he's probably a, just looking at this, probably a top two or three shooting guard, right, on this list, and he's not even going to be on the All-NBA teams, it's crazy, um, and that just shows you that maybe the All-NBA should do point guard, shooting guard, or something like that, but... Regardless, the fact that we left him off of this is crazy. But second, we also got Jalen Brown, another guy who's led this Celtics team uh, with Jason Tatum to be uh, the number one team in the Eastern Conference, or the number two team in the Eastern Conference, but having the biggest comeback out of any team. So that's crazy. Number three, we got Jimmy Butler, someone who's been very controversial this season, but has led their team to be number one in the Eastern Conference this season. Um, And he's by far the best player on the team. So he obviously deserves to have some credibility. Um, number four, we have Fred Van Fleet, who's averaging the second most uh, minutes per game in the NBA, um, and who's also had a great season being a uh, second secondary leader on his team as well. Um, and then fifth, we have Darius Garland, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's gone crazy this uh, second half of the season. DeJounte Murray, who's almost averaging a triple double. Chris Middleton, who's one of the leaders of the Bucks, who's obviously who's always good. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Zach Levine, Kyrie Irving, all of these guys deserve all honorable mentions, but they're just not good enough to make this list. So, And I do want to yeah. mention that it feels like almost every one of those guys is a guard. I think every one of those guys could be called a guard, at least at some point. Um, and that just shows you, in my opinion, like guard is way deeper in the NBA right now. You can have a, have a, There are a lot of really good guards. At forward, it's more top-heavy, and at center, it's more top-heavy. But the best forwards right now and centers are better than the best guards. And I think, like, I the top three guys for MVP are two centers and a guy who kind of plays center but also plays, like, power forward. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. So you want to start with the third teams? you think that sounds good? I think we should go first teams first. First teams? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so on my first team, we're going to go position by position. So we'll do the guards for each of our teams and then the uh, forwards for each of our teams and the centers. So for my first team guards, uh, 
it was very tough. I ended up going with first Luka Doncic, the Dallas Mavericks point guard, uh, the European superstar, Slovenian. He's fantastic. Um, you know, he flirts with triple-double numbers every night. He is 100% of their offense. Everything goes through him. And he is having... He had a down year for a while, but it was kind of crazy, actually. It was. It seemed like just he came in the season a little out of shape and, you know, by his standards. But uh, he picked it up, and this last second half of the season, he has been an MVP-level player. It's just that there are guys who are even better this year. But he is still a first-team All-NBA player for me. He's arguably been the best guard in the NBA this season. And my second guard is Phoenix Suns' Devin Booker. Now, he might not put up the raw numbers that some of the other guys on this uh, first team put up, although he does put up great numbers, around 25-5-5, I believe. Um, He's a great all-around player, but he is one of the best pure scorers in the NBA, and in terms of what you would call like a bag, he is one of the deepest bags in the NBA. He Crazy numbers of moves and ability to hit shots. Uh, Booker is interesting because you could make the argument for someone like John Morant over him, who might have had a better individual season, but Booker's team has 65 or 66 wins this season. They've been the best team in the NBA from game one to game 82. Uh, they're they're going to finish, I think, 65 and 17. Uh, and Booker has been the best player on the team and one of the two most important people on the team, and he's having a career year. Uh, just in terms of like efficiency, and I mean the second half of the season, he's been one of the, again one of the best guards in the NBA. You cannot leave him off this first team. He's been too good on a team that's too good. So I agree with both of these picks, um, and for similar reasons. Although I would like to mention that the Mavericks do not have a second guy at all. There is a huge drop off with that second guy, and if you watch Mavericks games, you'll see how important Luka Doncic is. Um, and not only does he put up the stats, but also he just leads his team. He's the leader of the number four team uh, in the Western Conference, which is a huge, huge uh, accolade for uh, Luka Doncic and re- it is repre- representative of his leadership um, and of how good he is. He definitely deserves to be All-NBA first team. And second, I had Devin Booker because he not only propelled himself to the MVP conversation with how the Suns have been performing without him, but also because of how he is as a leader and also, yeah, being the number one team in the Western Conference just deserve the best team, the best player on the best team in the Western Conference deserves to be on the All-NBA regardless. And yeah, sure, his stats aren't as good as some of the other guys, but it doesn't matter because of how well he's been playing all year and he's been consistent throughout the entire season. So I have Devin Booker there. And the number one thing about the Suns, we'll talk about this with Chris Paul as well, is the fact that they are without a doubt the best clutch team. The numbers say it, the eye test says it. Teams might hang with them, but they just can't close out games the way the Suns do. In the last two or three minutes of games, they're going to get the shots they want and they're going to make them. And Booker has been... I guarantee you have some of the best numbers in the league in the final two minutes of games. And that's why they've been so good, because they don't blow out teams all the time, but they're just insane in clutch moments. Uh, Moving on to the first team forwards. Uh, I think there's one guy who was a lock, and I won't do too much explanation. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks, the two-time MVP who might win MVP this year. He's essentially 30-11-6 every night, and could. he's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Um, He is... Quite literally a Greek freak. I think that's a pretty good way to describe him. He's borderline unstoppable on offense. He's arguably the best defensive player in the league. There's not much else to be said. Uh, He deserves a spot. 
And my second forward, uh, amid maybe a little bit of controversy, is the Celtics' Jason Tatum. Now, Tatum has had a career-level season this year. Uh, His efficiency uh, is not always amazing, but especially at the start of the year, it seemed like he was struggling, and then all of a sudden they figured it out. Defensively, he's been one of the biggest parts of the best defense, one of the best defenses in history, and a team that's been absolutely destroying teams in the second half of the season, and even before that. Um, and probably has been the best team in the NBA in the second half of the season if you look at numbers and stuff like that. However, uh, he has also been an incredible scorer. He gave Kevin Durant 50 points uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in a in a big win. He's just had a career year on a team that has been unbelievable, and they've been you know maybe the first third of the season you rule that out, and he's like in the, really in the MVP conversation, but he's still been fantastic. So I agree with your first one. I don't think there's any debate with Giannis. I think that going into the season, he was the best player in the world. And I think he still is the best player in the world, even though Jokic is giving him a run for his money. But I think that Giannis is definitely the most dominant player in the world. And if you wanted to give me one player um, for the next 10 years, I don't think there's any other guy I'd rather have than Giannis. This guy is unstoppable. He's just a freak of nature. But number two, I have Kevin Durant for my second forward. And I think the main reason that you left Kevin Durant off was because of the amount of games he's played compared to Jason Tatum. And also, you know, their record hasn't been very good. However, they are 36 and uh, 19 with Durant playing. So that's just a test to how good he is when they when, when he does play. And sure, you can make the argument that, you know, he's more well-rested because he's not playing as much, yada, yada, yada. But I think Kevin Durant is the best scorer in the world. And I think that he just is way too valuable to his team um, to not put him on this first team. And I think he is a better player than Jason Tatum. And I think he has had the better season than Jason Tatum, despite Jason Tatum being so good as of late. I think that Kevin Durant has been phenomenal all season. And um, yeah, I think that Kevin Durant is just too good not to put first team. I think he's had a fantastic year, but I also value the fact that, uh, you know, Tatum's been able to stay on the floor and has been there. Accountability, or sorry, availability is the best ability, right? If you can't be on the court, uh, then then you can't provide, you know, positive value to your team on the court. Uh, or at least it's very, very difficult. So that's why I chose Tatum, but I have no issues with Durant, although I still think that Tatum's season has been more impressive given that he's played more games. I also think that Durant's had to deal with a lot of hardship throughout his season having um, a huge fallback of James Harden not being the same guy as he was and ha- also having his second best player only play whatever one third of games yeah. so I think that's a huge deal because the Celtics roster even without having Robert Williams at the end of the season is still significantly better than uh, the Nets roster this season without their two best players because they surrounded their their entire roster based off of two guys and those are three guys and two out of the three of them aren't even playing so I think that that's really important to note. I agree. Let's move on to the centers, uh, and then we will uh, take a break after that. Um, So, I have Nikola Jokic. Now, this is a neck-and-neck race. There's not even 1A, 1B. It's 1 and 1. It's like a T1. If you have Joel Embiid on the first team, no one's getting mad at you. Well, at least I'm not getting mad at you. Uh, But we are talking about an absolutely ridiculous season from Nikola Jokic, who was last year's MVP and has been better this year. He's been much better defensively, which was one of the concerns with him. He's His numbers are better. His efficiency 
It's ridiculous. And he's doing all of it with one of the worst supporting casts in the entire league. And they're still going to be a bona fide playoff team in the West. And I think they can beat the Warriors in the first round if that is that ends up being the matchup. Um, or the or the Mavericks. I think they can really give them a run for their money. With, even with uh, you know Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., probably the second and third best players on that team, both being out for basically the entire season. And Jokic has just had to shoulder this load uh, on both sides of... Um, the ball, and it, especially on offense, he's just been incredible. And Bede's so efficient in terms of free throws and stuff like that, and his scoring and rebounding and defense is, is just incredible. But I just put, put Jokic here. His supporting cast is worse, and I just think he's had maybe a hair better season. I completely agree, and I also think that the fact that the Nuggets roster is so much worse and they're tied for fifth in the Western Conference is absolutely insane. Um, and I also like to add that he's the first player ever in NBA history to have 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists, which is a huge accolade. And if he's not all NBA first team and he's breaking stat records like that, then I just, I think you're ridiculous. I think the argument is more so, do you put Jokic and Embiid on the same roster or do you put them on separate ones? And that's like a center versus forward argument. But Joel Embiid played zero games at the forward position this year. Um, and he played at the forward position in past years. And that's why he was put at the forward position for all NBA. So I think that you can't make that argument this year. So you have to put him at the number two all NBA. Yeah, I agree. When I first made my team, I had them both on first team because I think the three best players in the league this season without Durant because he hasn't played enough games uh, are Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Uh, and I don't think there's that much of a debate. Those are the three guys going for MVP right now. But uh, I just it just felt weird and wrong to, if there is this positional restriction, to not abide by it and try to try to go around it. Like We are going based on the all-NBA teams. Do I think that the positional stuff is stupid? Yes. But in the case of this, even though Embiid's been arguably the second or third best player in the NBA this season he is not going to be on the first team, and that's really unfortunate. Uh, and I hope that the NBA finds a way around it in the coming years. Uh, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the second and third teams. Let's do it. All right, welcome back. We are going to talk about the second teams right now. Let's get into the guards first. For me, I have John Morant, again, a guy who could have been on the first team, freak athlete, maybe the best athlete in the league right now. Um, and maybe the best, probably the best highlight reel in the league this season. He's unbelievable. We're talking about like 26, uh, seven and six every night, basically. Uh, he is quite possibly, sorry, 27, I guess, seven and six. He is incredible and the best player on one of the best teams in the league, the second best team in the West. And I believe the second best record in the league or maybe third best. Uh, they're great. Jaw's great. I know they've been really good without him, and he has a great supporting cast of players, but uh, you can't leave him off anything. Uh, you can't put him anything lower than second team with the season he's had. He's had some MVP buzz. That's ridiculous. My second player, and this might draw some hate, is Stephen Curry from the Golden State Warriors. Yes, he's having a down year. Uh, yes, there are a lot of other guards competing for this, but the impact that Steph Curry has that's not statistical, outside of his statistical, and his season's still been very good statistically, it's just slightly less efficient. And he's had some more down nights than in past years, maybe. We're talking about a guy who gets literally double or triple teamed every time he has the ball. Teams don't let him cross half court without a man in his face. And they're putting like 6'9 defenders on him uh, to try to stop him. And then they'll put a guard on him. He faces the most unbelievable defensive you know, agenda, I would even call it. It's literally an agenda that they have against him. Uh, 
that I've really ever watched in the NBA. It's unbelievable. Uh, and he still puts up numbers, and his off-ball cutting creates so many shots for the Warriors. They just don't have nearly even the same offense. And I'm a big Warriors fan, and you can say I'm biased, but when I watch the games, he is his his stats are great, but his 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 impact outside of the statistical realm is is even greater, and he that gets overlooked. And he's had a great year, nonetheless, even if it's not as good as some of his other seasons. So I also have John Morant. Um, I think that yeah, if you if you're the second team in the Western Conference and you're by far the best player on your team, um, not only that but also his like athleticism. I think it's talked about, but it's unreal. Um, the way he can dunk the ball at his height is is absolutely insane. Um, he's a great leader on his team, and he's also by far the best player on his team. And sure, they don't have the same star potential as other teams, but somehow they're winning even without John Morant, and that's the only reason I knock him. It's not really a knock on him, but it's a knock on how valuable he is to his team because his team is so good without him as well. Um, and I think that that just goes to show... Uh, how good like the the franchise is doing uh, supporting Jaw as well. Uh, but yeah, John Red best team on the best player on the second team in the West. And then where I differ is I have Trey Young, and this is mainly because of stats. Um, honestly, I just think that if Trey Young is averaging eleven assists per game and Steph Curry is averaging six, Trey Young's averaging tw- uh, and uh, Steph Curry is averaging twenty five and Trey's averaging 28. I think that those stats are way too big of a difference. Also, the fact that, you know, Trey Young is, like, by far, uh, has a way worse roster than the Warriors do, and they're still competing, and they're the most confident team in the NBA. I think if you watch them ever, they look like they're playing like they're the best team in the NBA, even though they're obviously not. Um, and I think that Trey Young is doing a phenomenal job leading his mid-roster um, to even com- be competing with these other teams. So that's why I have Trey Young here over Steph Curry. Uh, yeah, moving on to the forwards. Uh, for me, I have Kevin Durant, uh, and that's purely because, again, I said he didn't play that many games. Uh, him and Tatum, I can't be mad if you have him, have him over Tatum, but his his incredible performance when he's been on the floor and the Nets being great means you can't drop him below second team. My other forward is LeBron James, and this could be controversial, and this for maybe people want him higher or lower. Look, he averaged 30 a game. I know, again, not a lot of games. Same thing as Durant. And his team was not good, and that's sort of the difference. Even when he played, they had a losing record. I seriously considered him moving him down to the third team, and I don't love LeBron. I'm not a LeBron guy, but he is the second greatest player of all time, in my opinion, and he's having an incredible season that you can't say, oh my god, he's 37, so he deserves like pity because he's old and his team's bad. Yes, but Jokic, I think, doesn't have a worse roster than the Lakers do, uh, and he's doing ridiculous things. Uh, and so I think LeBron's been fantastic, but I can't put him lower than second team. He's averaging 30 a game, and he's been the best player, uh, and one of the top five or six players in the world this season. But uh, his team's not good, and sometimes it feels like it's empty stats, so I can't put him any higher. So for me, instead of LeBron, I put DeMar DeRozan. And this is solely because I think that DeMar DeRozan has had the biggest leap um, out of any player. Sure, maybe Jaws had a bigger leap. But DeMar DeRozan average, or scoring like 35 points a game um, in over eight games straight is absolutely unreal. I think that if you put him anywhere lower than second team, you're ridiculous. The Lakers aren't making the playoffs, okay? You have to get this into your head. The Lakers aren't making the playoffs. Or your team's not making the playoffs, and you uh, are 
you know, you put up great stats, but your team's not making the playoffs. I don't see how you can make uh, a, a roster that's uh, this high if your team's not making the playoffs. Um, next, I have Jason Tatum, and we went over this already. I think Jason Tatum's a phenomenal player, and he's doing a great job with the Celtics. I just think that Kevin Durant's a better player, and he's having the better season this year, um, despite Jason Tatum also averaging uh, super high numbers as well. Um, we just differ a little bit in preference. Um, but yeah, main is difference is that I have DeMar. Uh, and then on to the center. We don't need to talk about this. Joel Embiid has been absolutely unbelievable this season. Mikey agrees with me on this, and he'll tell you that. Uh, there's no issue with putting Joel on first team. We have him on second team, and he is amazing. And he's going to win the scoring title. He's just one of the guys who he's one of the top three guys you're going to go to to get a bucket at one at some point in a game right now. I think top three or four guys, and he is just unbelievable. And he's great. He could win MVP. Alright, yeah, I completely agree. I don't really have much to add on. Embiid is phenomenal. Um, I just think that Jokic breaking all these records um, and being more versatile than Embiid. Embiid is more one-dimensional. Um, I think that just Jokic can lead a roster, I think, better than Embiid. I'd rather have Jokic on my team. Um, so overall, I just have Jokic over. But yeah, we don't need to get into that. That's a separate debate. Now going on to third team, and this is also pretty interesting. Who do you have in your guards, Gus? So I have Chris Paul first. Uh, again, there are going to be people who say he should be second or maybe even first team. The numbers are not it besides fantastic assist numbers and low turnovers for a guy who handles the ball that much. But he's an excellent defender and really smart, and he arguably is the best leader in the entire NBA. Uh, I think he might have taken that title from LeBron, who a lot of people would say. I, he's just been fantastic. He's led a roster that's still fairly young for the Suns, and he's done a fantastic job. He's w- still one of the best playmakers in the NBA, and he is among the two or three probably smartest players in the league at minimum. Uh, and so you know the impact that he's had on Phoenix with a very similar roster last season and this season now, like it's that roster is not vastly different than it was when they weren't a playoff team. He has made, of course it is better, and guys have improved, and they brought in some guys. But his impact cannot be go unnoticed, and he's been, uh, you know, there was even a tiny bit of MVP buzz this season for him, just because of how impactful yeah, there he is. There always is. It seems like every year there's some yeah, sort of MVP Because there's someone play. who's correct saying that he's maybe the most cerebral player and one of the most impactful people in the NBA, and he is. Uh, and my second guard is Trey Young, and as Mikey said, he's a great, efficient uh, playmaker and scorer, one of the best pure offensive guards in the league. He is maybe the worst defensive player who plays a lot of minutes in the NBA. Him and, like, Harden, I really think they are... Young is a terrible defender, and that's why I can't put him higher than third team. But I think in a normal year, maybe he'd make second team with these numbers that are ridiculous, and he's leading a roster that's just not played that well, and I know they've had some injury stuff. Uh, and they traded away Cam Reddish, who was starting to really play well. Uh, but overall, just defend his, his defensive shortcomings and the fact that there's just so much competition more than anything, that is the reason that he's on my third team and not higher. So for me, I have Steph and CP3. So um, I completely agree with the CP3 take. You know, his numbers are not as good as the next guys that we have. Like Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Darius Garland, Shea, DeJounte Murray, all those guys have better numbers than... CP3, but that's not what matters here. Look at the stats. I mean, look at the standings. That's what matters. You look at their number one in the Western Conference, and that is 
largely due to CP3's leadership. And I think that they're both becoming leaders now, Booker and CP3. Um, but CP3 is the biggest part of that. So I have CP3 there. And then uh, it's crazy to me that I have Trey Young over uh, Steph Curry this year. But again, this is what he's going back to. Um, the availability things. Trey has played in the vast majority of the games this year. Steph Curry's injured. So I just give the edge there. Um, two babyface assassins, but I'm taking the one that is the more of a menace to society. I got Trey Young there. <laughs> uh, moving on to forwards uh, again. So I have DeMar DeRozan, who again could have been on second team and in a normal year might even make first team. He's gotten some MVP bu buzz and I hate to put him below LeBron and there's like obviously a part of me that regrets doing it. But at the same time, uh, you know, uh, he hasn't been as good this last month and the Bulls, the issue with me, it's not really DeRozan that's been the issue, but they have been just really like not good against teams that are in the top four in each conference. I want to say they have like one or zero wins this season against top four teams in each conference. So they beat up on bad teams. And I know they've had, a, they probably maybe had some of the worst injury luck in the league uh, as a team. And DeMar's had to carry that load. And so I think it's really impressive what he's done. And I'm not going to take anything away from him. I would want to even put him higher, but he is on my third team. And then a guy who is, you can't really call it a breakout year because his scoring is down, but he's this is the best season of his career. Um, he's developed into more of a leader. A, I mean, I still think a better scorer, a better playmaker, a better rebounder, a better defender. Like, he's just been unbelievable. And that's Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors, who have been a big surprise this year. And I won't go into it too much, but he's had his best season. And I think forward is somewhat thin when you get to this point. And so I think that he deserves it. Yeah, I think some guys, uh, I agree with the Pascal Siakam take. I also have him in my third team. Um, I think some other guys, like, you know, uh, yeah, we don't even have that many guys in our, after that. So, yeah, there's just proves our point that um, after this, I think he is in that tier. And then after that, there's a big drop off. Uh, but Pascal Siakam, he's more than the spin god now. He actually has a bag, um, which is fortunate for the league um, because before there's so many memes about him only being able to spin and now he has other moves as well um pascal siakam had has also been up and down throughout the season i think he has his stretches of being amazing and then he'll just randomly have a really bad game um but other than that you know th th that team is not very good and him and fred van fleet are doing a very good job of leading them to be in the playoffs this year um then next i have lebron at my other forward position and this is solely because they're not in the playoffs that's pretty much it um, if, if the Lakers made the playoffs, I, I might even put LeBron in first team or something like that, because if, if they were one of the best teams in the league and he put up the exact same stats, I'll probably put him that high. Um, so yeah, you can make the, the argument, uh, uh, Anthony Davis got injured, so you can't fault LeBron for that. But no, LeBron, if you have LeBron on your team, LeBron should be making you in the playoffs and they're clearly not. So yeah, LeBron's on my third team. Get over it. Uh, LeBron no was also the one that. who, who pushed to trade for Westbrook, which kind of has to be taken into consideration because it's a big thing that's hurt the Lakers this season. Well, would, would DeMar have been this good, though? Do you really no, think he DeMar wouldn't would have, have but I still think they would have been better. I, I just, I never understood the Westbrook thing, and I, I never will. Like, he just was a non-shooter on a team that needed shooters. And, I, and, and also was, considering how good Kyle Kuzma has been as well, yeah. like, you could probably make the argument, Kyle Kuzma's had a better season than Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah, no, not close, actually. I genuinely believe that, like, he half the time is actually, like, a very impactful player for the Wizards, so. <laughs> uh, and on the third team... Uh, at center, I have Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's had, he's a generational shooting center. Uh, and it's interesting that all three of the centers we've had can shoot the ball, 
But Cat is the best three-point shooting center maybe of all time. Probably of all time. Winning the three-point contest this yeah, year? Yeah, he won the three-point contest. He's been through crazy amounts of stuff with his family. Uh, but he has just risen to the occasion and taken, again, a team that's not all that great all around. He's got some other good players on his team. But the Timberwolves uh, are going to be the seven seed. They, I think they have a pretty good shot of, of winning that first game and making the playoffs as the number seven seed. Uh, and Carl and Anthony Towns has been the the engine for that team. Uh, again, not like the best defender, but his offensive efficiency and just unstoppability at times. Uh, and he's the type of guy that probably would be a second team center in most years, but it's not all often that we have maybe the two best players in the league, arguably being centers in a given year. So that's why he falls to 13 for me. So I left Carl Anthony Towns off my list. Um, I love Carl Anthony Towns. I think that his shooting has taken a huge step up this year. Um, and you love to see it. He's a great leader on his team. Um, but I have been out of bio because I think that the end of the Western Conference is atrocious. Like, you look at this list, right? The Rockets are terrible. The Thunder's terrible. Trailblazers, Kings, Lakers, Spurs, um, Pelicans. And then the Clippers don't even have their two best players the major- majority of the year. Yeah, big deal. They're number seven. Like that's, that's not m- much of an accomplishment. So I don't really see where that's going. Um, but I think Bam out of bio being the second best player or best player at times on the number one team in the Eastern Conference is significantly uh, more important to me. And I also think that the fact that he's going to be second in voting for defensive player of the year this year, while Cat doesn't really have any sort of accomplishments like that. He kind of just puts up points and kind of puts up stats and stuff like that. Um, but Bam being an amazing defender and also averaging a triple-double um is significantly more important or double double my bad uh putting up uh 20 and 10 is more important to me than the extra stats and i think his all-around uh playability being on the defensive side and offensive side uh puts him a little bit above but cat would be first ballot fourth team for me if it means anything to you (laughs) he is him and bam i think and then mitchell like Bam and Mitchell and Cat, whichever one of those centers, and then yeah, it would be the 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 stars of that fourth. And team. if you consider if you consider like Bam a forward or something, I would put Bam instead of Pascal Siakam, and I would put Cat at center. I think that's how I would do it instead. However, I just think that the whole uh, argument of what a first what what an All NBA team looks like um, is up for debate, and that's a conversation for a different time. I think you know it should just be like positionless or something like that instead of how it is right now. But you know. Um, yeah. I guess that's the takeaway message is that All-NBA is stupid in the way it is right now. All of the, all of the awards are stupid. MVP yeah. is stupid as well, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like MVP is not always going to the most valuable player, but I feel like maybe MVP isn't the best award to quantify who was the best player that season. It should just be best player, yeah. right? Be be poi. <laughs> best player of the season, or of the year. Uh, I don't know. But uh, maybe an NBA awards overhaul is in the cards. The issue is it's hard to compare older players and like accomplishments that people have made when it's like best player versus MVP. Like Jordan might have, or LeBron might've been the best player in the league like every year, but was he the MVP or you know what I mean? And there's all this voter bias and uh, voter fatigue is what they call it when, so that, you know, that might hurt Jokic or Giannis this year in MVP. So uh, I think this is super interesting. I think this is, I think this is the hardest year ever to talk about all NBA because there are just so many good players when I'm making my team every time I'm like wait I can't do that to that guy but I have to do it to that guy because the other guys had a slightly better year but I'm actually hurting that guy because there's a guy who's had an even better year than him yeah just thinking about it that a a guy who's averaging 26 points per game on a top five team in the western conference who's leading his team is not in our NBA all NBA 
Uh, yeah, and it's not like he's putting up empty stats. He's the best player on that team, and there's no question about it. Well, uh, saying so long, uh, we will catch you on the next one. Peace. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.